Hello and welcome back to Hindsight is 5050. I'm the host J-Rod with my co-host the ORG old retired guy. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. It's draft week, so I'm jacked. I'm sorry we're, you know, I know not everybody loves football as much as we love football and certainly not everybody loves the draft as much as I love the draft, but it's got your little mini nerd erection going. (laughs) (laughs) nothing's many about that my friend (laughs) Uh, i am i'm I'm pretty stoked you know and there's all there's already all kinds of there's always stuff happening big rumor today was that the the vikings are looking hard to trade up to number two to houston spot and the reason that they want to do that is to take will levis the quarterback out of kentucky it seems like a lot of QB stuff has been has been going on, um, and I know we talked about it previously. But it seems like the rumors about the Forty ers and Aaron Rodgers, the the whispers are starting to get a little bit louder. And that, um, a, a, at least from what I've read, a big reason that the Jets kind of pulled back or or balked from the offer was, you know, not only Green Bay wanted, you know, an astronomical amount for Aaron Rodgers. But on top of that, um, Aaron Rodgers made a comment about, you know, it potentially being only one year until he retired. And I guess that made the Jets owners super nervous. Like, if we don't have success in the tiniest little window that you want, you're going to be done and we're about to, you know, send the kitchen sink for you. Like, I just. Well, the crazy thing is, and draft draft stuff and even rumor stuff you know like what you're saying uh, there's a lot of it that we don't know what's true and what isn't now right i'm told that the pet or the packers told the jets in fact i heard that they were they opened talks again yesterday and that they told the jets they don't need anything more than they don't it doesn't take a first round pick to get him well again it better not not with that cat hit and like you said and retirement possibly looming, it better not take a first rounder because if it does, I'm not paying that. Because I do think, like we talked, I think the Jets are a playoff team with him. They were almost a playoff team basically with crap at quarterback last year. But I, I'm not sure they're a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I don't know that they're lethal in that aspect, but you know, it's like you, you, we know you don't want them, not you, but the, the Packers don't want them to go to the Niners. Like if you're the Jets, you're sitting there going, I know you don't want them to go to the Niners. And I also know that you have zero leverage at this point. So yeah, take what you can get or wait till next year and get nothing. Right. And the, you know the exciting the exciting part again the draft you know and you know my buddy Alan and I are all into it and uh, tips. we yeah we we send each other little tidbits of information now and Will Levis is a guy who's like you know really 
And it happens with quarterbacks. This always happens at draft time. Everybody wants the next franchise guy, and Will Levis is, like, skyrocketing all of a sudden. Now, I watched him play at Kentucky, and I'm not an NFL scout. But I was in a big game. I was never impressed by him. Now, and Kentucky, well, Kentucky's pretty good. You know, I don't know nearly. Liver. I don't know nearly what you know about this guy. But 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 before you kind of take a deep dive in it, I do have, I guess, a more superficial question. Yeah, is his rise to fame because he measured correctly? He did. And and there's some great documentaries on ESPN called Caught in the Draft that they're running right now, obviously, and on the NFL Network called Caught in the Draft. And there was one last night about the first real um, combat, or I mean combine warrior, and that was Mike Mamula. Um he was a linebacker DN out of Boston College, and he knew he was the first guy that that people know of who took full advantage of knowing what the combine tests were and training specifically for those tests. He hired track coaches, he hired strength coaches. And he went from a projection of a third, fourth round pick. I mean, he was a good player, not a great player. He blew up the combine. He went seventh overall to the Eagles. And, you know, he hung around the league for a minute, but he certainly wasn't a great NFL player. But he knew enough to take advantage of those measurables that you mentioned. And that's what Will Levis did. You know, like I said, as we're getting, and, and it gets nuts about quarterbacks. That that always happens because everybody's looking for the next guy. Um, well, and the measurables are so skewed. They can be, yes. Yes. And they always talk about, you know, measurables are great, but what about his football speed? You know, he's not running in a straight line there. That, so we've talked from about everybody else. We've talked about that. Like uh, people compare L- Lamar Jackson and, and Michael Vick, right? And both very, very good athletes on a football field. But for me, I have never, ever seen someone gain ground like a closer in a sprint, like Mike Vick. Right. There are faster people in the NFL, no doubt. There are more agile people, I'm sure. And there are stronger QBs. But when that dude crossed the line of scrimmage, there was an explosion. Not where you go, oh shit, did he juke three guys and get 10 yards? It was, oh shit, let's try and keep it to 30 or 40. Right. And so, like, I, I do think there's that part of, you know, what you're saying is football speed. And, and it's also that presence around the ball. Um, I, I had, um, well, you, you know, Randy, he was a high school teammate of mine and, and for his size, slowest footed kid I'd ever met, yes. but he was always around the ball and he'd get yep. interceptions because yep. he was just there. And that, that 10 foot span he needed to cover from it being a completed pass to an interception. He was super quick in that moment. One of Jacob's buddies, Ryan McGetty, played center on offense and middle linebacker on defense. And Ryan was a gritty player and hard-nosed and all that. 
but he won very fast but he had great instincts he just had he he was around the ball all the time if there was a fumble he was either caused it or was on it i remember and, he yeah. caused a fumble so just speaking of McGetty and fumbles he caused a fumble because he noticed that the opposing center snapped the ball slow and when they started the snap movement he swatted it out of his hand <laughs> and I and I mean like I remember talking about this uh with Jacob and Maggetti in person when when Jacob was up at Kalamazoo College. And I and I remember them telling me the story about it, and it's just like that's pretty cool. Well but it, there are people like that. They have this oh it, yeah, it, it's not just the intangibles, but it, it's this Chris unexplained presence. Chris Spielman was too short, he was too slow. I'll take a bunch of Chris Spielmans. I mean, and because on the football field, he is a different, he was a, he was a, a you know, great instincts, had a nose for the ball, and I'll take a bunch of guys like that. And I think Dan Campbell would too, the coach of the Lions, I think he would too. But as we approach the draft, you know, Alan and I send each other little tidbits. Yeah. Now, I have never, you know, and they're unsolicited, just like you think of something about the draft and you send it. I have ne never been a fan of Will Levis. Will Levis played at Penn State. He was there two years, and he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford. Now, Sean I'm Clifford already. likely would n will not be drafted, okay? Likely. He could go late, and I'm not a Sean Clifford fan, and Jacob and I used to tease about that because he, he kind of was your brother. But... I, so Will Levis couldn't beat him out. He goes to Kentucky, and Kentucky is not a doormat anymore. I mean, Mark Stoops has done a really good job there recruiting talent. They put guys in the league, you know, guys that are players of substance in the NFL, and they've done that more so since Mark Stoops has been there. So they're even though they play in the SEC and they're not Alabama or Georgia, they are not chopped liver. And anytime I saw him in a big game, I didn't see him do much. And I text Alan the other night, you know, because you start hearing all the stuff about how Levis is marching up the draft boards. And I said, I have two words that I am fearful will describe Will Levis. Blake Bortles. You remember I thought Blake? you were going to say Ryan Leaf. <laughs> no, no, not that bad. Blake Bortles was the exact same guy. He played at UCF. He played on good teams. He blew up the combine. He blew up his pro day. They, I want to say Jacksonville took him in the top five. I want to say three. And, you know, everybody can look back and say, well, I picked him at three. Who did I not take? And you could, we can all play that game. Because right. nobody's good at this. But and even NFL guys say it's a crapshoot. Uh, I heard a guy who was a a GM in the league for years. He said, "If you bet five seventy five, you're doing great in the draft." He goes, "Anything over one out of two is great." Um, well, I but, think that's what people forget, though. It's that you're okay. Let, let let's say less than 20% of a high school is a student athlete. 
And of that 20%, 1% might play a college sport. And of that 1%, 0.1% might make it to a professional draft day of some sort. When that 0.1% plays against the top 0.001% in the world, the odds of it panning out are just not good. I mean, and it's not meant to be like a diss to anyone else, but the percentage continuously shrinks, and it's like you might be the greatest college player of all time, but when you get on a field where everybody is the greatest player of that era right now, right, you might not stand out. And then, again, you might come from Northwest Chester, Southwest State, and play Division One AA and be a five-time All-Pro because you get in the right system and you have the right skills to match that And you that probably system. got the reps of getting the shit kicked out of you and getting fair. back up. That's fair. Because I think fair. a lot of people play on an all-world high school team, then they go to as a five-star to one of the best schools in the country. And then, again, we've talked about being lionized. You lose more games in one season with the Lions than you've lost in your entire high school and collegiate career. And I think right. it shatters some people. And, it, and it, it certainly can. There was a stat, and and it was accurate, I think, at the time. I I want to say I saw it about five years ago, and it was a stat put out by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And it said, one out of 17 varsity athletes will go on to play a college sport at any level. And it didn't say go on and play it for four years. It didn't say make the team and play one year and quit, which we know that happens. Right. But or one out of 17. And then, like you said, as you go on to college and the people that goes, go on to pros, that percentage is way less than that. I mean, when you but, – but what you said about measurables, this is what Levis did. I mean, he has the size. He does have speed. He has the arm strength. And he showed all those things off against, you know – uh, I mean, he's skeleton drills. He's a physical spell specimen for sure. But and you know, and Anthony Richardson is too. But at the draft at draft time, the quarterback talk because again, if you get that guy, if you get that guy, like if you get Peyton Manning, you're set for ten or fifteen years. You know, there aren't many of them. But that's what, if you get Tom Brady, even though he was drafted 199th, you know, and and I watched one of those draft things called the Brady Five, the five quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of Tom Brady, and none of them did anything. Ah, I take that back. Chad Pennington was the only one who did anything of substance. You know, and he his career ended kind of early because he got hurt. But Brady wasn't drafted till late in the sixth round. And but everybody's looking for that guy. And so talk around about quarterbacks at this, you know, as we approach the draft gets nuts. And then we had, you know, locally, we had, you know, something happen that's gonna impact us. And 
you know, and I'm I'm not sure it's going to grossly impact how we draft, especially early. But I think it's going to impact our draft, and that was the suspensions over over the gambling. You know, Quintess Cephas, I, they got him in the fifth or sixth round, I want to say, three years ago. And at that time, he was one of the better receivers in the Big Ten. I mean, I saw that guy dominate games at Wisconsin, and they really didn't have a good enough quarterback to throw him the ball. And he was that good. And... You know, he's struggled with the Lions. He's been hurt. When he played, he looked good, but he's been hurt for a couple years. Well, he and a, and a uh, special teamer safety named C.J. Moore, who was a good special teamer, and he played spot duty in the D backfield, they got suspended indefinitely because they bet on... They bet on... Um, Football games. And they did it from a Lions facility. Well, Jameson Williams and this Berry Hill guy who, he must have been on their practice squad because I never heard of the guy. They got suspended for six games each. They were betting from the facility, but they weren't betting on football. They yeah. were betting on other sports. Now, you and I talked about the hypocrisy of this. The NFL has accepted alignment with various, you know, websites where all they do is bat. A lot of gambling websites. They've they've made this alliance, but they've also tried to, you know, stave off the involvement of their own players and their own staffs. Staffs in that and i heard today a little bit of a story about how they know where he was when he bet okay and and it was a guy who worked at it wasn't DraftKings, but it was one like that and he called in and he said every nfl player is registered with all of the gambling websites they have their name, their full name, they have their birth date, and they have the last four or five digits of their social security number. They, they generate a report every month, and they track that to see if anybody that matches those criteria of all the major sports now, this is hockey, basketball, everybody. And by the way, the referees too, the coaches and coaching staffs, they're all in this database. And because of that, and, and because the NFL said, well, we're, you have to do this, and we'll provide you the data, but you have to track it, and we want to know if somebody is stepping out of line. So that's how they knew that he was in the Lions facility when he placed so, the bet. But, but what was the link to the Lions facility? Because you and I talked about this, and it's like if if he's not being an idiot, you need to not use a facility computer, use your cell phone, and you need to not be on Wi-Fi. Because even if you were to ping the local tower in Detroit, you could be anywhere in Detroit, not at the facility, and they would not know. And even if it was at the time of, let's say, a practice you could easily be like, I don't have my phone on me, man, or someone placed it with my account. So I, to me... Well, I think, 
I he not what, only would have to be logged into the account, but my guess is whatever device he used was on the facility's Wi-Fi, and when he makes a transaction, it reports his network connection with Dra- DraftKings. Well, and and Jared, you could be right. I he didn't get into that level of explanation, but what he did say was that okay. So if somebody is flagged, we know that Jameson Williams made a bet. Wasn't on football. But we know he, we made a bet. Then an investigation starts, and it's like, where were you when you? Even if they don't know, and maybe they do, and maybe you're right, maybe they don't. But that caused them to start asking questions, and I well, think, and once they start asking questions, you might as well just take your short suspension, and not make it worse. Yeah, and here's my thing, and I told you this the other day, and and I I don't, I'm not. This is a red flag for me. This guy has already done stuff on social media that wasn't super team friendly. Now that's forgivable. He's a young man. Some of the posts that, and none of them were terrible, but some of the posts that he put out there on Instagram or whatever that seemed unsavory or could have been taken to be unsavory, he he pulled them immediately. Somebody talked to him. Well, I know for a fact that they have these rookie symposiums, and he went through this before he has ever, you know, played a down or practiced a practice. These rookie symposiums for players. Okay, this is what you can do. This is what you can. And it's all about the performance-enhancing drugs. It's all about over-the-counter supplements. It's like you got to be careful with this. you got to be careful with that. My point is that guy was told not to do this. He was. And we, you know, spent draft capital to trade up and get him because he's a dynamic receiver. And we moved up to 12 to get him. Well, he didn't play till game 11 or 12. And we only saw flashes of what he can do, which I, I think he can be really good. He, he is a really good receiver, and he's super fast. But he had the ACL, so we didn't get to see him. So we missed three quarters of a year or more with injury, which we knew would happen. Well, he just took a third of the year away with a stupid suspension that he knew better than to do that. All those guys did. Well, no. and, and that's where I, I don't know. Like, I, I agree with what you're saying, that they've had everything explained to them, but I think, that, you know, between their OTAs, between the draft, between everything that's going on, I think they do have a lot of information thrown at them. And, and you know, obviously, if you if you know better, then shame on you. But in the idea, I guess, of giving them the benefit of the doubt, I've actually read a few articles uh, about what's going on with the Lions, and um, because the whole gambling thing is becoming more popular, and it's kind of like the new problem. Um, one of the big stresses is making sure that players do know where they can and can't gamble. And, and it seems like this has been a reoccurring problem where, you know, either they're all trying to plead ignorance or genuinely this is something that's just kind of getting passed because they think it's okay. Um, and again, this is just from what I've read, but it just seems like this whole gambling thing, it's, come up multiple times and bit people in the ass and it's always like man i 
I thought because we could gamble, it was cool. I didn't know that it was like the facility thing. And I, I just wonder if it's one of the little things that it's all about the delivery of information, right? Like they're receiving so much information overload that when you tell them like, yes, gambling's allowed, I almost wonder if a little bit of joy comes in and they don't hear the next sentence where you go, but not in the team facility because they've heard, here's all the rules. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. By the way, you can gamble. And they're like, fuck yeah. While you're sitting there going, but not in the facility and they don't hear it. And it's just one of those things where I'm not certain that's what happened, but if it did a simple solution to me, put fucking posters all over the facility. It's like no gambling, not anywhere on the Lions facility, not anywhere on any NFL facility, no gambling. Jared, I'm not sure there's not posters. I, right, there the might be. I just, but but again, if there is, then you know this is just blatant stupidity, and that makes, in my mind, a cut or something like that an easy decision. If there's not, then I think maybe, especially a young player, someone who's not a veteran yet, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, that, that would be my take. The the Cephas and CJ Moore both were cut because they're they're suspended indefinitely. This happened to Calvin Ridley last year, and he was suspended for the whole year. And he got reinstated. Like he was betting so, on football, correct? I'm not sure of that. Oh, okay. But it sounds like Cephas and CJ Moore were as well. Now, CJ Moore, again, a decent special teamer. And they had just re-signed him to a two-year deal. They liked to have him. They liked having him on the team, but it wasn't like he's your starting left tackle, or we're just, even your starting safety. In and general, though, we're promise, but he couldn't stay on the field because he was hurt all the time. So they cut both of those guys because they're done for the whole year. They can't well, play I, for. Anybody. I just think we're in a dangerous era. Like we. That's fair. We're we're muddying the waters for no reason. And and I just don't like we're paying college athletes, but we don't want colleges to bribe high school athletes, but they're allowed to pay them. And now we're allowing gambling while you're a professional athlete as long as it's not on your sport and not in a team facility. Well, it, it I, just seems like all this shit we didn't have to deal. I mean, yes, you dealt with it's it, a new but problem. it wasn't that. But we're we're inviting the problem. Well, that's I, my issue with it is we're inviting. It's just it's like, you know what, dude, I understand. But why don't we just don't even make it a facility thing. Make it a season thing as you can as gamble you, during these two months of the summer. And that's it. As you have said this is a relatively new problem, but the the bylaws of this and the punishments regarding this were agreed to in the most recent CBA. Now, because of that muddying of the waters, and I agree with you, and again, the NFL is can be pretty archaic, just like the NCAA can at times. And but I but think is... that in you'll see this being worked out. So this kind of thing. Right. Is not, you know, we won't see this happening again anytime soon, I don't think. Because because of this, people are going to be more aware. But 
yet in the next CBA or maybe even before the next season, they will reach an addendum to the CBA which says, hey, man, if they're not betting on their sport, they can bet anywhere they want to bet. You know, well, if, and if they're I, not I just, numbers. to me, this is a, this is an unforced error. And that's, that's what I find annoying about it is uh, when you're talking about Jameson Williams, it's like, okay, was the bet that he made illegal? Was it jeopardizing the rules of football? No. Okay. So he just made it in a place he didn't like. That's fucking stupid. And, and I, you and I have talked about that and I get it. It's a rule and he broke a rule, but introducing the ability to gamble is just inviting these problems and that it isn't currently a necessity like right if you let's take thc and marijuana it's become legal in a lot of states it's becoming legal across the country for recreational use and sometimes the medicinal purposes actually do help athletes and it's proven that it is not a ped not a performance enhancing drug so you're going to suspend player for pissing dirty? No. See, now that, running into this, where people may test positive because it's okay in regular life, but it's not okay in football, those errors, to me, are forced errors where your, your rules that are out of date need to be addressed. But when we're talking about gambling, which is a hobby, like a recreational hobby and a privilege, we're just inviting this problem. And the only reason I could even remotely see this as a necessity is just like how college players are wanting uh, NIL deals, name, image, likeness. NFL players probably could argue, well, why can't I gamble and make money off of DraftKings if the NFL is going to make money off of DraftKings? And I get that point, but again, this to me is not a necessity. This is a luxury. And so we're having unforced errors that are costing suspensions and all this debate back and forth where you know how it is. Let's make a new rule and then backpedal five steps. Well, that's my fear of this. Here's where you and I have opposing views and neither one of us know the truth. I think that's been pounded into their heads to not do it. It's like, I I really do. Now, I don't have proof of that, but you brought up a great point. It's like, do they have posters in the buildings? My guess is they do, but maybe they don't. Did they tell them, you know, 10 times or 100 times? Maybe they did, but I don't know that they did. I just my only point of that, that just, just like, I, I agree with you that they've, been told somewhere and how many times i don't know my only point was not that every nfl player or professional athlete is dumb but they're not all the brightest and there are several instances where we hold their hand at every turn oh why would we fucking drop the ball here well that no that's good and that's why i'm not sure we did i I agree with you i can i don't disagree with what you're saying i hope it's not my my hope is he's not that much of a jackass. Boy, I hope that's, you're right, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> it, under this current set of circumstances, like I said, it's giving me cause for great concern. It, I I get it, and I honestly, I'm not I'm not trying to cut you off or anything. I totally agree with your point of view, and if he truly heard it, 
and ignored it or thought he could get away with it because he's always got away with shit. If that, if that is the truth, shame on him. And that's and it. Fuck off. And that's my fear. And I hope I'm wrong. Is that all? Oh, that's that's nothing. He knew it was. That's my fear. Is that he knew it was what he was doing was wrong, and he did it anyway, thinking that it'll get swept under the rug. The Lions will take care of this. Well, the Lions fired staff over this, not coaching staff, but support staff, because they were doing the same thing. And it so just, you you wonder, you know, you obviously it's how well was it put, you know, instilled in him when he got there, but also how much of this is, you know from his past and yeah uh, well i know i always come back to the same guy but i think mike fix a great story the dog fighting shit is terrible it's terrible but the way he grew up it was acceptable there and so when he got in trouble he probably had an inkling it wasn't right but you could genuinely tell the remorse he was supposed to feel wasn't there because he didn't know it was genuinely bad and once once he figured that out he served his punishment and he's done his best to reconcile which i think is great and if jameson does that you know awesome 100 percent. you just wonder how much of this is from his past yeah you're already you know pissing off uncle dale it's like you need to back up well and i and i completely what are we doing are we this is what I have an issue with. Are we bench? Are you benching yourself until you get out of your rookie contract? Because that's kind of what <laughs> well, it seems like. Again, it makes you wonder, and we all know that he's going to have no miles on him. Brand I know new this receiver. is a. <laughs> I know this is a broad brush, but many wide receivers are prima donnas. This is just a bad sign for me, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope to God I'm wrong. Because I want him to be good. I think he can be really good. And we need him to be good. But boy, it just scares me. And I don't like it. I and to disagree. me, your your term unforced error, it is in a lot of ways. It certainly is by him. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it, it certainly is by him. Now, well, before you, we, you brought before up a couple things that I want to, I researched while you were talking because it got me curious. Okay. Marijuana is totally legal in 21 states. In 18 additional states, medical marijuana is legal. In 12 states, including Washington, D.C., I think that's what it said. In 12 other states, it's totally illegal. So. Wait, what? It says. It have 21 to be 11 states. states. 21 states have fully legalized it, and 18 have medical usage. Marijuana is is illegal in the remaining 12 states. But that's 51. That's just including the District of Columbia. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, But it says cannabis aficionados in 20-plus states and Washington, D.C. will be able to buy marijuana legally for Thursday's high-flying informal holiday known as... 420. So on 420 in Washington, D.C., <laughs> they could buy. <laughs> it's this is just uh, our governmental stupidity. 
Oh, I've thought that for years. I've thought. I mean, we live in Michigan, and I'm not opposed to any marijuana use. I don't think you should use it and drive. I don't think you should be an idiot. I don't think you should overdose yourself and be a freaking stoner. But I'm not against it. Just this, it's moderation, right? Just like alcohol. And it's like I I uh, take edibles sometimes to help me sleep, and. The last edibles I got were from a local store, and I ordered them online, and they were delivered to my door. No ID, no nothing. That's just what it is. Right. So you're telling me if someone did that, but they were in the NFL, (laughs) suspended. Now, I understand the other argument of, hey, man, you're making millions. If you got to restrain from from marijuana, restrain from it because you live a hell of a life right now. I get that. But at the same time, I, I do feel like we would be restricting their personal freedom. Oh, I do too. And you know how the company that we both worked for at one time, how they yes. did it. They had operations in Colorado where everything's been legal for a few years. They had operations, you know, obviously in Michigan. And Michigan passed that law, I don't know, the last presidential election, or maybe it was even before that, I don't remember. It's been legal in Michigan for a while, and medical marijuana has been legal for a long time here. Right. But what that company did, which I thought was very smart, you know, because used to be, it used to be in Michigan, like when those guys, those construction guys that worked, you know, only during the warm months of the season, when they were laid off, they all had to take a pee test when they came back. And lots of them tested positive for weed, and they didn't come back to work before it was legalized. Well, what they did in Colorado and once and had been doing, and what they did in Michigan once it was legal, they quit testing for that when you come back. It's, like, it's just like drinking. If they suspect you of being intoxicated, they can test you. And being intoxicated on the job. And it's the same way with pot. If they suspect you of being high, they can test you. And that's a condition of your employment. And I just thought that was a really smart way to handle it. Because, like you said, what, you know, again, if I'm working and I'm high, that's dangerous. Whether I'm driving, whether I'm... Especially with heavy machinery, too. Yeah, whether I'm working around it or whatever, that's dangerous. I just thought that was, you know, because that's what they did in Colorado, and they had the template for what they did. And And I feel like doing that in the NFL is even easier, because if someone is coming stoned to the bejesus belt, it's real easy to give them um, an evaluation that their work ethic is shit. And they'll be cut for uh, performance-related reasons. Right. And then but other like teams in- will know. And the only weird part I think you'd have to figure out is contractually. Because if you do become just like a completely unmotivated, stoned, druggy, whatever, it's like, okay, then I think there needs to be a clause in your contract where if you're just not showing up on time and all this shit anymore and under the influence, then your contract is null void. Yeah, that's they usually cover that under contra- conduct detrimental to the team. There you go. So, but, okay, like the Cowboys and the Texans, 
weed's not legal in Texas. But if the Cowboys fly in and Dak has buddies in D-Town and wants to smoke a joint with them, he's not breaking a law here. Right. It would only be possession in in the state where it's legal. That I I think think a lot of that is, I really believe this, Jared, and I don't know that this is true, but it's my perception, is that on that point, on marijuana, because the laws are the way they are and because they're separated by states, I really do think the NFL is looking the other way I re- on those things. And this gambling thing, I think you're right. I think it's going to turn into that. This is part of the learning curve. And unfortunately, the Lions have a promising young player, maybe even two. I, I don't want to say Cephas was promising, but I liked him. He just couldn't stay on the field. Um, and And he's done. I mean... The Lions cut him in more, and they can they can apply for reinstatement after this year, which Calvin Ridley got. But you know, I, I think there's a learning curve, and I think, but and I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot of this. It seems like an overreaction, you know, but I'm disappointed that our first round draft choice, who we traded up to get who missed most of the year because we were hurt, and we fully well knew that. Now he's taken away a third of next season by his own actions, his own unforced error, as you said. And I, and that part Well, and if he is the weapon we hope he is, he could be a game changer. So you might have yeah. just taken two close games that you need to get into the playoffs and lost them by a possession because you don't have that X factor on the field. Now I'm not saying he's that important. I'm saying he has the potential to be that important. Oh, I totally and that agree to with me you. is the, the biggest loss of this is it's like, yep, you screwed yourself, but you screwed the team. And if you knew better, this to me is a no thought insta cut. But if you truly didn't know, and it's benefited the doubt because Again, from what I understand, the difference between him and the others, he didn't bet on on his own sport. Right. So the argument that he was ignorant about not being allowed to do it in the facility is, I guess, a little bit, in my opinion, more validated by that because he wasn't just saying, fuck it, I do what I want. Of all the mistakes he could have made with gambling... that I know of, this would be the most minor. And so it it's like, if you pretty, truly didn't know, yeah, it seems then we humiliated. are going to make sure, we'll tattoo it on your forehead if we got it, but don't do it again. But if you're 100% that he knew, you got to let him go, because that's cancer to a locker room. And, and you're building a program that is completely, completely designed around faith and identity in a team. And yeah. you can't have that. And I'll tell you, in going back to the draft just for a second, the Lions will take a receipt would have taken a receiver in this draft anyway. They would have. They're going they need one in the room. And and it might not be it might be one of those guys that if he's there in the third and is a player you can't believe he's in the third, they had him graded as a first round player. It would be him. It still may be that guy. But I think prior to this happening. And prior to GMO being suspended for six games, they would have taken one, but it might have been they don't 
I can't remember. I think they they have two fifth round and two sixth round picks. They don't have a fourth or a seventh round. I think that's how it works. But anyway, in one of those fifth or sixth round picks, they would have taken a burner, and they still may. But I think what they'll do now is they're going to look harder at that burner early. You think they're going to take a burner, though? Oh, I do. And I wouldn't be. With a... Marvin Jones' side, I was wondering if they'd take that kid out of TCU. Because he's he is, a great big boy. He is, and they may, but he's going to go pretty high. I, there's a kid out of West Virginia that is really fast, and they like, and they've looked at him. There's a kid out of Tennessee, not Hyatt, but that's where the Lions have been totally quiet about Hyatt. And I think that might be the guy. But everything that you hear says this Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, who's been hurt a little bit, but he's big and he's fast. Remind but me what our first-round picks are this year. Number six and number 18. And then what are our second-round picks? Uh, 44 and 50. So we have five out of the first 81 players. So, okay, at 44, if Quinton's still there, you take him? I I think you might have to. Yeah. Depending on what we've taken before, I think you might have to. You know, again, if one of those top shelf guys, and he certainly is a top shelf guy, the kid from Boston College is a burner too. Yeah, Zay Flowers. Yeah, and he played with a bad quarterback. You know, and their coach kind of even said so. You know, I'm not super impressed with the kid from TCU. I just... His size stands out, and, and he's, I don't want to say more coordinated than guys you see at that size, but he's, he, he's more well-rounded. You can't prove this by me, but the book on him is that he drops a lot of balls. So he's Braylon Edwards. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's probably um, a good but Before we move on from football, and I know we've been on it for a minute, I... When you're talking about the Kentucky QB, yeah, it, I, I Googled him because I don't actually know who he is. But when I was looking at him, his build, um, the, the temperament it seems to, that he has um, in his photos and then the short videos I was able to watch, um, he reminds me of another QB, and this would be my fear i guess of how their nfl career would turn out because i feel like this person got hype uh, again at another school that was just kind of hot at the moment do you remember jared zabransky out of boise state yes they to me seem like the same qb and i actually looked up their height and weight and one is six foot three 230 and the other six foot two 220 but they're both jacked, mobile quarterbacks. And from the, the little bitty highlights I've seen, they, they put their head down probably more than a QB should do. And although their highs look very high, their standard accuracy and poise seem shaky. Yeah. Do you I'm- see any comparison between them, or is it just too on the spot for you to... No, I mean, I guess I might see a little. Um, deer in the headlights, I see that a little bit. Uh, again, I say the same thing about Levis I said about Anthony Richardson, and Anthony Richardson blew up the combine too. 
And you know they both play in the toughest conference in America, in the SEC. Those guys, I never saw either one of them play great in a big game. I really didn't. Now, I didn't see all their games, but I saw both those guys play quite a little bit. Like, I'd say four or five games apiece. But I haven't looked at all their film. And when I... I didn't see either... And it looked like that. It looked like, oh, shit. The moment's too big. And... And they actually have similar, those two have similar traits. But I do remember the kid you were talking about from Boise State. He was a Statue of Liberty guy. Yep. So I I, uh, um, looked up the Lions' picks. In round one, we have pick six and pick 18. In round two, we have the 48th overall and the 55th overall. In round three, we have the 81st overall pick. We have two picks in round five, 152 and 159. We have two picks in round six, 183 and 194. So we have draft capital. We have nine picks in seven rounds, but we don't have a pick in the fifth or, or I'm sorry, in the fourth or the seventh. But knowing that you're going to have hidden gems slide, I wouldn't be upset reaching for a receiver with our first pick of the second round. No, I wouldn't. I I, got to tell you, though, my mind goes other places, you know. But again, it's all about how how many draft points, where that guy is on their board. Like you said, if that Johnston guy is there from TCU at pick 44, it's pretty hard not to take that guy. Well, and I think it depends on how your first round goes, too. I mean, and we talked about that before where solidifying your defense is the, not concern, but let's say focus. And if you get that pressure D-tackle that now makes your rush ends even better, I think that makes reaching for a player at a different position than planned more acceptable, more of a feasible option. If it's like you said, depends on how our first round goes. At six and eighteen, if they stay there and if they don't, if we have two first round picks, regardless of where they are, you know, assuming that I'm assuming they don't make a trade. Right. I want cornerback D tackle, not necessarily in that order. Like if Jalen Carter was there at six, I'd have a hard time passing. But they interviewed him. I didn't. And we talked about that. Yeah. But then, again, in my happy place, Jack Campbell's there at 44. The linebacker from Iowa. And, but again, if you've got Zay Flowers. Is he an outside linebacker? Is he he a coverage backer? He could play either. Yes, he's very good in coverage. He's so you Alex, can keep Rodriguez in the middle. Yes, he's Alex Anzalone, only a lot better. Younger and better. And he's rangier be a, than him? He's six four, almost 6'5", and he's like 244 pounds. I feel like Anzalone, or I think I said his last name right. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed like he, he had good lateral range. That was, and he's, he does have good instincts. He really does. And Campbell has that. Campbell 
I want to say, and that Iowa always has a good defense. I want to say he let him. What's his picks. first name again? Could you say Jack? That again? Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Yeah. Don't you have a friend? Name that. Jack Campbell. Yeah. No, like Jack Hanna. <laughs> Jack the well, satellite guy. Cable, hey, yeah, Jack the satellite guy. guy. <laughs> Shout out to you. You got brought up in the podcast. There you go, buddy. <laughs> We got funny stories about him. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but anyways, I know I know we've talked about the draft a lot, and and I think we will again because we'll be excited. And and to those people who aren't sports out sports fans out there, you'll have to kind of bear with us for a couple weeks. But you know, we we try and get it out and and move on through topics. Um, I I could talk with you about stuff like this all day. You know that, Dad. Um, yeah, me too. And I and you're right. We need to move on. I know because that not you, everybody's a geek like me. <laughs> well, yeah. I know that you had brought up um, a tractor salesman that gave you you know kind of issues about the hundred dollar delivery fee before, and you said you ran run into a similar instance with a salesman. You said something about shaming a salesman. Well, okay. Here's the in in the two topics that were on we had on the show sheet thing were you know supply chain and sale, uh, shaming a salesman those are they kind of one ties to the other okay so i've got this tractor which now they it's actually being put together and it's somewhere in ohio but i really do expect that i'll have it in a week or so so anyway and the guy is really good, the guy at the local store. He gives me updates all the time because he knows I'm anxious. That's good. I, it, it is. It, yeah, and he's a young guy and a friendly guy and a good guy. And, and, he's, and he knows I'm anxious. So anyway, I'm counting on him, and, and I still have lots of faith in him. And I'm not worried about it because it's still too cold for me to buy be out shagging my ass on that <laughs> open cab tractor anyway. It's a tidbit nipply outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But but I, uh, I told you I, I wanted to buy this grading plane. How many days of... a week are you going to ride that thing shirtless? <laughs> I know that's your that's like your tannin moment on the riding mower. So yeah. I'm curious, like, how many my tractor sexy moments are you going to have on average per week <laughs> during nice weather? Well, it depends on how hot it is. You know how I am. I don't. Depends care. on how hot you are. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's hey, got nothing to do. I'm breaking nimble, baby. <laughs> I wouldn't. Do I'm sorry, I cut you off. I just. No, uh, no, I remember. No. I remember. You know, when we had the two riding lawnmowers, I'd like pass you and. You, you're just rocking with your headphones shirtless, just killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Singing. Well, I don't care. We, we live no, out No, that's a about. great thing. Yeah, I don't that's care. That's me time, man. You know, if I, 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 like to, I like to be tan, and if it gets too hot, I take okay. off my shirt. I mean, people like to be tan. You like to pretend you're African-American. <laughs> I mean, your Native. skin gets so dark, it's unbelievable. Native American. It's but Native it's, I, it's darker than most natives I've seen. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not any form of, like, burnt red. It, no. You just get darker and darker brown until it starts to become a little bit chocolate. Well, I had those one year. I had those marks. I wear those slides, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, like the flip-flop slides 
and <laughs> I had tan lines on my feet <laughs> that were perfect from those slides. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was dramatic. You know, it was a dramatic change, but yeah. So I remember I, I used to get that working uh, on the drill rig that the old company I used to work for. I I would work out there, and and every now and then a sleeveless, but for the most of, most of the time I was in a t shirt. And I would, you know, you get the farmer's tan and all that, but sometimes oh, yeah. you roll up your sleeve so it's a little bit better. But because I was handling steel augers, I had to have gloves on. And so my arms would be brown, and I'd have these pasty white hands. <laughs> well, the answer to your initial question is, I would suspect that there will be many times where I'm shirtless <laughs> in a pair of shorts on the tractor. That's just how I. That's how I roll. <laughs> we gotta get it. We gotta get mom to take a picture so we can throw it up on the podcast once that's, you get the tractor. You can pose right. too. Yeah. No problem. So anyway, I'm trying to buy this attachment, right? Mm -hmm. This land plane that's going to help me. It's a, it's called a bunch of different things. It's called a grading scraper. It's called a bunch of different things. It's basically just some a couple of pieces of flat stock and a couple of pieces of angle iron, and they're welded and bolted together with a couple of scraper blades on them which those scraper blades cost about a hundred bucks a piece. And it's made for leveling out and it's got a three point hitch on it. So it hooks up to the tractor. And, you know, as I go looking for these, it's fairly new. It's a fairly new product. It's Is just, this just like a pull behind square grader box or. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a, it's not a box scraper. Okay. This is not made to carry dirt. Dirt filters over these two blades, and it's made to level dirt. Not, it isn't made almost to move. like tilling, kind of tilling no, and flattening. Just, yeah, like I, I just mean when it throws the dirt, does it act like a tiller with the dirt where it doesn't have any type of storage? It just piles it over the blade. It just walks over the blade. Yeah, okay. the blades. It has two blades, but you know so. It, it appalled me at the price of these things anyway. It's like I could find one for $1,000, but it would be $800 to ship it. I And I have looked, on, I, I have exhausted searches on these. And, you know, websites are inaccurate. They say, oh, yeah, we have them in stock, and they don't. And so I ordered one. I found one, 1600 bucks. I found one 10 days ago. I ordered it. Supposed to contact me in three days. They don't. So I call them back because I'm supposed to have it in a week. I call them back. Oh, somebody canceled your order and that item's out of stock. Well, when you go to buy them online and go out and look, which I have, everybody's out of stock. They either don't have the size that I want or they want $2,500 for it or whatever. So I found... I'm looking, you know, because this order got canceled. And I didn't cancel it. They canceled it because it was out of stock. And it was going to be a 30-day wait. So I call this, I, I email this other company, you know, and there's a million of them that sell these things. And everybody's out of stock. And I said, what's your lead time? Well, this guy emails me back. 
And he goes, well, and it was over the weekend. So he's like, well, I'll call you on Monday. And I can tell he wants to sell me something. So, you know, and we start exchanging. I emailed him back and I said, you know, all I want to know is your lead time. Is it going to be 12 weeks? Is it going to be three weeks? Because I could live with three, but I can't live with 12. And don't try to sell me something else. Don't try to sell me a box blade. Don't try to sell me a back blade. I've already got one. And I'm, I say all this in the, in the emails, and not politely. So, not politely? No, I said not, not, not in a mean I misspoke. Not in a mean way, very politely. And you know how I am. I mean, it's how you do business, right? Right. So that's why I was shocked when you said No, no, like, no. I, I didn't. I, I misspoke. <laughs> I, 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 not in a bad way, but I did it politely. So anyway, he emails me back and he says, well, here's my number. You can call me. So I did. And I, and you know, and it seemed like a friendly guy and I could tell that the, he doesn't have this thing. And, you know, cause he's asking me and I said, well, okay. So I got to kind of show off a little bit. I go, okay. The footprint of the tractor is 53 inches. I could get by with a five footer, but I want a six footer. I've got a 25 horse, three cylinder Yanmar diesel that I know will pull it. It's a four wheel drive. I've got industrial tires. So and it's the road's pretty sandy. It's not going to be burdening the tractor. They weigh about 500 pounds, give or take. So I know I'll be fine. So I'm trying to get this out of the way. So he's not trying to sell me something else. So he kind of steps back a little bit, knowing that I'm not going to listen to his jive. Right. And he goes, <clears throat> where in Michigan are you? And I tell him, he goes, well, I grew up in Kalamazoo. I go, oh, yeah? He goes, I said, you know, my oldest son graduated from Kalamazoo College, and he kind of chuckled. And he goes, KVCC, Kalamazoo Valley Community College? That's what he meant. And I go, no, Kalamazoo College. And he's like, oh, that's a good school. I go, yeah, it is. So for those that don't know, Kalamazoo College is pretty prestigious academic school. One of the most in Michigan. I mean, you're talking. Yeah, it really is. 36K it, a year, something yeah, like that. And, it, and you know, and, and Jacob was lucky enough to go there and he graduated from there. But I guess what I'm getting to is that I have, today I used Jacob. I have used you before. I have used Joe before, you know, to kind of help bring somebody in line that, I thinks they're going to give me a line of bullshit that I don't want to hear. So it was like, he kind of chuckled. He's like, KVCC? <laughs> and it's like, no, Kalamazoo College. Oh, that's Kalamazoo College is ranked number 68 out of 210 national liberal arts colleges in the okay. U.S. Okay. So, I mean, so, but, but I have, I, it's I have top used 50 out of all of them. I have used you guys in various forms you know um i'll use the fact that joe works at michigan cad i'll use the fact that oh yeah well jared knows how to do that or jared set up the website or you know and i'll use that but that was my little bit and my polite way of 
shaming this guy, not only about the KVCC comment, but about what he was going to tell me about tractors. And I don't believe that he worked on a farm his whole life. He lived in Portage, Michigan. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, I've done my research on this stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't, here's, here's the irony about all of this that happened today. The company that I ordered from that canceled my order, they called me like 20 minutes after I got, got off the phone with this other guy. And they go, the guy says, I'm the guy you talked to last week. He goes, I don't know why your order got canceled. He goes, I can redo your order and you'll have it by the end of next week at your house delivered. It's called lift gate delivery because it weighs over 500 pounds. So they bring something that the tailgate, you know, goes down on. The yeah. Trail. One of those semis where they yeah. have that platform. And they set it right on the ground. So hopefully I told him, I go, if this all happens the way you're telling me, I'm going to be singing your praises. And he just kind of laughed. And I said, so he goes, no, he goes, this is going to happen. So finally, I think that part's behind me. I want another attachment, but that's not, you know, that's not imminent. I don't need that right now, but I did want this. I did want this land grader, you know, for right away because I'll be, you know, shirtless and going down the road, (laughs) blading the road as soon as my tractor and it get in. But so that was my shaming salesman and complain about the supply chain. The fricking supply chain is still jacked up, man. I think I'd have been more pissed about the Kalamazoo college comment. I mean, I know that's just me, but like, like I, I, I'm looking at college rankings right now, and I have Kalamazoo's page on this niche.com, which shows all the college rankings. And it's like, just to give you a few of them, for chemistry, they're ranked 68th out of 655 in the United States. For liberal arts, they're 75th currently out of 314. Um, For political science, they're 150th out of 798. For English, they're 164th out of 919. Physics, 155 out of 463. Psychology, they're 190 out of 1120. And and it just gets worse. uh, Like uh, 262 and 263 out of 1243 for business and science. It's like they're a pretty pretty academic school. school. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they're not just top 100 in one thing they're top 100 in several top 200 in most and they're top 300 in all but like three categories in the entire country well <laughs> so it's like the dude you know an old community college it's like yeah eat a dick and no, and no offense to kalamazoo valley community college but comparing that to kalamazoo college that's I'm not even sure that's apples and fruit, you know. That's like uh, saying I went to WCC and that's comparable to the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's they're ridiculous. both in Washtenaw County. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, again, it was 
uh, you know, it, it it just worked out like that. And I, so, what I you're know. telling me is another dickhead lost a deal, and that's a great thing. <laughs> that's that's how I take it. Is it's like you that one comment may have just maybe made me hesitate for a second, and the other place came back with what I needed. Yeah. That's how I'd look at it. Oh yeah, like I said, it was it worked out great for me. And by the way, the guy's telling me the the price was over two grand, and I wasn't going to buy it anyway. The Kalamazoo College guy, it was over two grand. I wasn't. What happened to the good old grand. days where people would ask you for information when they didn't have it because they're like, "Let me see if I can get something for you," and they try and find you a deal. I, I just I don't. Like I, you know, the, we worked with a guy, and I'm not going to name his name, but you're going to know who it is. And I heard this about him before we hired him, and I didn't want to hire him. It was like the review that I got from one of his former fellow employees was: he doesn't want to give you what you want. He wants to give you what he thinks you need. And I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> he knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. And it's like, I don't want that. It's like, if I, if I have questions, let me ask them. Don't, don't tell me that the, my tractor's too small to pull it. I know it's not. Well, and I, I get sick of the, like that, the the too small shit. Like if you tell me that I'm going for this tractor and the application I'm using it for, this is overkill. And you're like, man, you could save five grand and get this tractor. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just saying for what you need to do, you don't need this much. That'll be plenty. I'm That's okay with matter. that. But if that you're telling me like, hey, this tractor doesn't work on that. And I've done my research and I know that it does. That pisses me off. Yeah, I, and again, like you said, the, you know, the, the, the old saying was the customer's always right. Well, that's not true anymore. And it's not true with a lot of folks. Some, sometimes it still is. But you, you and I both know a lot of places it's not. And that, I, I don't even know that I'm disappointed. I'm just kind of pissed. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard someone on social media the other day um, it was a guy on TikTok, and and he was talking about comments that he had gotten. He goes, you know, people always want to ask why millennials are so nostalgic, and he he goes, you know, we were raised in an era where there was like respect and pride and things that you did. So people were out to help you, not out to get you. Technology was booming, so we saw all these advancements, and we always thought like you know, something better was next. We thought we'd be in flying cars by now and it's not the case. And, and it's the same with business. We were taught that if we went to school and got a degree, we we'd get a job in that field and that your GPA in college mattered, which it doesn't. And, and, and I mean, again, this is what he's saying. I'm just repeating it. Um, and he goes, but we were also taught that if you put in hard work, they'd give you that loyalty and, Part of that hard work was the customer's always right. He's like, businesses aren't loyal anymore. 
technology's not it's changing every day, but we haven't seen the rampant changes that we saw from the nineties through the early two thousands. He goes, We went from floppy disks to SSDs and, and flash drives and USB 3.0 and we went from Walkman to you know, we just got everything on our cell phone. We don't even have to carry an MP3 player. So all of these technological improvements were great. And it doesn't seem to be changing like we thought it would be. People aren't as loyal and aren't as willing to work to help you as they were when we were coming up. And he goes, so we're just nostalgic of a better time. Well, <laughs> and I thought it was a great way of explaining it because it's a lot of those things. And, and I know I'm a millennial, so I'm biased, but it's like, a lot of those things I do feel like I was misled on, but it wasn't intentional. It was, that's how things were when I was growing up and the world is a different critter today. And it, I think it perfectly pairs with what you're saying. It's like, we don't, you know, it, it's not the customer's always right anymore. It's like, well, fuck you. I'm standing my ground. It's like, that is not how you do business. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like I said, it, it's been, it's been a rocky road and I admit that I don't know everything about it, but when someone, I, I don't know, I'm not even saying this guy, it, he wasn't, that wasn't disrespectful, but when someone wants to treat you like an idiot or be disrespectful, now the guy uh, yeah. over the hundred bucks on a $20,000 deal, that was disrespectful. I, but whether I thought, it's I price point BS. or knowledge being shared. Or even a correction. The, we, I feel like as a society, have lost a lot of grace. Seems and like that's, it. that's a good the word. Unfortunate too. part. That's a good word too. Well, you know, we've been talking about we've been talking about movies, and you yes. and I had talked about this a little bit before we came on. You know, the two thousand six. Martin Scorsese movie, The Departed, which fantastic movie, all star cast. I mean, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, DiCaprio, uh, just uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It, it's and it's a gangster movie, and I just that's one of those. That if I see it on, I'll start watching it. But it's you know? not just a star-studded cast. It's a star-studded oh, no. cast where everyone is in the perfect role. It is. It is. Because I you see movies like that where there's so many people that are well-known, but the movie doesn't pan out, and it's because there's too much presence. Almost like you can build a superstar NBA team, but there's only one ball. You know what I mean? Like when you yep. get too many famous actors in one movie, if they don't have the right part, it doesn't pan out. But in this one, at least in my opinion, they all settle into probably the characters they play best in some of their best roles in other movies. Great, great movie. I mean, Jack Nicholson's like a mob leader. Um, he basically runs. Um, I th isn't it South Boston? Isn't that where I feel it like that's right? But anyway, it's in the east, and you know, Leonardo DiCaprio goes to the academy, wants to be a police officer, 
He's highly intelligent. They tab him right away that he's an undercover cop and he's never going to be a real cop. Um, Mark Wahlberg is a hard-ass cop who's a good cop. Matt Damon is aligned. He's a dirty cop and he's aligned with Jack Nicholson. It's and there's a love story in there a bit, um, but that is an intense movie. It's I I was reading about it today and it was described as a thriller. I don't know if that's right or not, but I would agree, I would agree with that. It 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 certainly is an intense movie. Just, it, it's very almost intense. The ending though would that's what I think would make it a thriller. Because it's got its twists and turns, but then at the end, the, it gets pretty freaking wild for a second there. Yeah. Well, they uh, by the way, everything. it's go ahead. Yeah, they got to tie everything up at the end. But boy, I—that's I, one of those. That's another. You know. Well, it's the definition of handling loose ends for sure. But um, yeah. it does say that the film takes place in Boston and the surrounding metro area, primarily in the city's South End neighborhood. Yeah, because I heard him talking about Southies, and you know, yes, and Matt Damon fits that perfectly. Uh, but they don't just build their characters so well, which is part of the reason I think the movie's good. I, I, I mean, obviously, it has a great plot and it's very well directed, but they don't just build their characters so well that so that you, you know, you you hate certain people and you love others and you're confused on others. But on top of that, there are a plethora of comedic one-liners oh, in that time. movie. That Some great lines in that film. Yes. So, so I'm curious, what are your favorites in that movie, or, well, or one or two of them, or whatever? You know, Jack Nicholson's a you know he's a mob boss. Nobody messes with him. He doesn't mess with any. Nobody messes with him, and they know better. Um. Some of his supporting cast, like his lackeys in the movie, his minions, are also great characters in their own right. But one of the lines that I remember that just struck me as funny as hell was, you know, he's he's got this back room of this bar where he has meetings, and he has those at bars all over the place. And it's just his room. Nobody else is in there. And it's like he comes walking out, and he recognizes this older guy sitting at the bar. And he says, uh, you know, and he speaks, and he's exchanging pleasantries as he's walking out. And he says, you know, how's your mother? And the guy says, oh, she's fading fast. He just keeps on walking. He says, act accordingly. And he just keeps on yeah. going. It's like, what a cold son of a bitch, man. <laughs> She's fading fast. Act accordingly. You know, uh, but there's a bunch of those in there. And I know I know you were talking about one of your favorites. So go ahead and share that if you will. Well, probably my favorite one-liner is, is um, when Leonardo DiCaprio orders a cranberry juice in the bar. Oh. <laughs> and, and the guy next to him goes, what are you on your period? And then like... Two minutes later, a different guy walks into the bar and he goes, What are you drinking? He goes, Cranberry juice. And he goes, What are you on your period? <laughs> it's just like, God dang. <laughs> just kick him in the nuts, why don't you? But well, and then and one of in that along that same scene, 
one of the guys who asks him, I mean, he eventually gets pissed off and like breaks a glass on the side of the guy's head while he's sitting at the bar. The guy, one of the guys who said, my girlfriend drinks that when she's on a period. Yeah. And, you know, and so Jack Nicholson's right-hand man, who's a real good tough guy in this movie, great tough guy, he says... What did he say? You're all that's almost there's certain guys you can hit. And he's almost a guy that you can't hit, but don't effing hit him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was was something like that. But there's so many great exchanges, and and Nicholson is just at again, we talked about him in As Good As It Gets, and there's been many others. He's at his best in that film. I'm looking at the card, he goes, Now that's not quite a guy you can't hit. But it's almost a guy you can't hit, so don't fucking hit him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, he gets right up in his shit. And he's oh yeah. All oh busy. yeah. yeah. But, so one of my other favorite lines, it I, I enjoy the story of it more than I enjoy the line. Um, when there's an execution early on in the movie, Jack Nicholson says, "Geez, she fell funny." And the reason I find that so funny is because the script just was that he was going to walk up and execute this guy all by himself in the scene, and then the scene would end and and move on in the movie. But he said, instead of that, he's going to bring his right-hand man with him, and it's going to be a woman. And he goes, and then I'm going to do the thing and shoot her in the back of the head. And I'm going to look at her and I'm going to go, geez, she fell funny. Because that was a sinister thing to say. And I do this a lot, so I know how people fall. (laughs) Then his right-hand man would reveal he's got an axe in his hand. And that he was going to chop her body up. And I was going to look at him and say... I think I want to fuck her one more time. (laughs) And he was going to look at me like, what the hell? And I'd go, gotcha. (laughs) Just like, I understand that's a vile exchange back and forth, but it it plays into his role and how ruthless he is. He is so good. The little him taking that scene to the next level is an example of how good the acting is in that movie and how well each person builds the persona of their character. And and so he doesn't just, you know, shoot someone and walk away. Like he's another mob boss in another movie. He does the Jack Nicholson style. And when he executes a couple, but the, the part you see is a woman in the back of the head. That's when then he says, geez, she fell funny. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is wrong well, with you, man? You know, <laughs> he he does. He's so good. He was so good. That was 06. I would highly recommend it to anybody. Oh, absolutely. And again, if you've seen it, it's worth watching again. I mean, there's just so, like you said, it's a, it's a, there's some c- comedic relief in it at times. Um, but you have to pay attention to get it. And then it's a Scorsese movie. So there's a, it's, I don't know how to describe it other than it's like, there's this raw, it's just like, that's, but that's a great word for it because the, yeah. the vile 
like discourse or, or exchange in the movie, even like the scene I was just explaining where there's vulgar moments. It it's placed well. It's not tasteless. Yeah. yeah. And so it it amplifies the movie instead of being something that was in poor taste or you're like, well, why the hell do we have to do that? It's it's the same thing as like when you swear when you're telling a joke versus when you swear when you cuss someone out, right? There, there's yeah. a noticeable difference. And so even if the commentary is not something you're typically listening to because it might be a little too aggressive, it's well-placed in these scenarios. So that way it doesn't ever seem out of line or, or awkward. Well, and you know, just like the act accordingly thing, it's a shitty thing to say. Yes. But yet it's such a shitty thing to say. And he doesn't care that he said it. That's what makes it funny is that he do, he can say whatever he wants to whomever he wants. And he Baldwin's does. in that movie as well, by the way. Who's who is Alec Baldwin? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Alec Baldwin's in it. Yeah. And there are others. There are people. There are other people you'd recognize, but just a great older movie. Now, you, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Have you ever been in a store and bought something that you legitimately know, didn't know that you were way undercharged for? Um, I know it's happened with your mom where she's actually in fully un- unintentional walked out of the store. Like I remember she had a little folding chair on her arm and she was at a local drugstore and, and it was a folding chair that they had for sale and it was like 10 bucks. It was like a camp chair and she just put it on her arm like her and her purse was over it. She always carries her purse on her shoulder and and when she walked out, she didn't take that off her shoulder, and they never charged her for it. And so she walked out with this That's, yeah, and came home feeling terrible. Happy accidents, though, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, well, my friend Ken Yunkin, who I t- we talked about him a couple episodes ago, and I'm probably even last time, too. But, you know, again, we've been exchanging texts and talking a little bit, and it made me think of something that happened with him. He was, you know, he's a really talented guy, and he had bought this new van, and it was an empty box Dodge van. I mean, it was just metal on the inside. He had two nice bucket seats, but there was nothing done in the back, and he wanted to customize it. And that was it in the days when that was customized vans were pretty popular, you know. And he even put a waterbed in his. <laughs> But he, we were at the surplus store, and there were these two convex mirrors that were probably, I want to say, at least two feet, probably closer to three feet in diameter. And they were circular. Jeez. And we're at, at the surplus store that had all kinds of crazy stuff, and these were plexiglass mirrors. Like the kind you put cameras behind in a superstore? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, kind of like that. And, and I mean, this store had all kinds of weird stuff, but they had those, and he just, we were in there looking around and at work, 
like we're not supposed to be doing. And, uh, <laughs> and we were in there looking around and, and I think he was trying to get something for his van. Well, he spotted these and they were like, I want to say they were $90 a piece. And he was going to, he was going to get them. I mean, he goes, man, he says, I know how I can use these in the van. I know where I'll put them. And it's like, I'm going to get these. And we What's had to put a camera on there. I <laughs> dude, I don't know. I mean, he's trying to see himself from every angle doing I the deed, huh? <laughs> I don't, I didn't ask. He's like but with these bent shapes. We were young bigger. men at this time. You know, we we're in our twenties, <laughs> early twenties. And, and, uh, he goes to the checkout and, we, and he might've had a couple other items or maybe I did. And he didn't have anything else. And I mean, he's fully well prepared to pay like $90 a piece for these mirrors. And the lady at the register goes, that'll be $18 for both of them. She charged him $9 a piece. And oh he was goodness. so excited. <laughs> That's insane. He didn't even get his change. And he was walking out of the store with him under his arm. Yeah, run. And she's run going, before she figures it Sir, out. Sir, your change. <laughs> and I was just dying laughing. But I, you know, have you had that happen to you where you were either... Because I, I, I honestly, I honestly one. will say I have walked out unintentionally with something, but if I know I'm being undercharged, I did it at the liquor store the other day. I bought a fifth of Canadian Club, and it was like sixteen bucks, fifteen eighty four. And you know, at the little store in Manchester, and the older guy, he's super nice. He goes eleven forty two, and I go. Wayne, are you sure you got that right? I said, it says 1584 back there. And he did his scanner thing. He goes, yep, that's right. And I said, okay. I mean, I wasn't going to fight him over it, but he undercharged me, and or I'm sure he did. It's not, it's right around 15 or 16 bucks any place else you see it. But have you done that kind of thing? I have. Uh, I don't know that I've, done the innocent one myself i i remember and i i feel like it was a yard game like hillbilly golf or something um where i i guess i partook in like the innocent one so uh mom and i were at sam's club when jacob was in college and you guys used to do all the the, the bulk grocery shopping and stuff for him and uh i think we were getting a yard game for the upcoming fourth july or whatever the case was and you know, you got a little bit bigger carts than normal there, but then everybody stacks their stuff like crazy because you're buying in bulk. So you've got the whole cart filled, the whole basket that's on top of the cart filled, and then you kind of place things diagonally on the corners and all of that um, so that you can stack things on top of the cart that don't even fit in the cart as well as your big items slide in the tray that's underneath the cart. Um, and, and on your way out the door, you have someone... They they take your receipt. They they look at all the you know sure. main ticket items, and then they mark it with a highlighter and say you're good to go. Because a lot of times something happens when you're jostling your cart through, it and those little alarms go off, and they just go you're good to go. They just have yeah. someone mark you. 
So we somehow made it through the line, paying for all the groceries, but didn't pay for the yard game, which was, a, I feel like, a pretty expensive thing. Um, and, I mean, you know how yard games are. They overcharge like crazy sure. for those. But So we made it through the, the checkout and didn't end up paying for it, and we didn't even notice. And then the guy stopped us, and he checked our car and receipt, and he didn't check it either. And we got out there and out to the car and started loading up. And mom said something about, you know, it didn't cost as much as she thought it would. And I start looking through the receipt and I'm like, we didn't pay for that big ass game. And I mean, this is like a foot and a half wide box that's four inches thick and three or four feet long. I mean, it's hillbilly golf where you build the stands and you throw the the golf balls that are connected by a rope and they land on a ladder. So it's got both stands, all the golf balls and ropes, everything. And it's looking at that game right now (laughs) in the basement. Yeah. I I literally (laughs) am looking at that right now. And it's just like somehow that got past two people (laughs) and us. Cause it's like, if we'd have noticed, we'd have said something, but it was just one of those things where, you know, I guess that was the innocent one. Um, but as far as the non-innocent one where you, not that you're stealing, but you capitalize on the situation. I've had yeah. two of those that I can think of. And the, the more recent one was right uh, the year before JJ was born or the year of JJ being born. Um, we We went and got baby furniture and we decided it would be better to get him a bedroom set that his bed would grow with him into it. So it is a very, very nice wood furniture, um, dark furniture set that is unbelievably heavy. I mean, his nightstand weighs more than most dressers. Mm. It, It is... It is very solid wood. So there's a nightstand. There's um, like the giant sweater chest, uh, but it doesn't have the doors that open. It just has a ton of drawers. Then there is his dresser, which is a 12-drawer dresser. Wow. Um, And then there's a crib, which it's a baby crib that turns into a day bed. That then goes from a daybed to like a single, I think. And then after that, um, you take the sides off and it becomes a headboard for any any size bed up to a queen, I believe. Um, so anyways, a lot of furniture, large price, very nice furniture, probably the nicest stuff in our house. And we get to check out and there's this lady who rings us up and, and I'm it's myself, my wife Melissa, and her parents are with us in um <laughs> in Bye Bye Baby. And they ring us up and it's not close to what it I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars, and it's not close to what it's supposed to be. And Melissa kind of makes a comment, and so the lady, like, rings it up again, and she comes up with the same total, and then Melissa's like, well, do you take this coupon, blah, 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 and I'm like, are you really trying to get more off? Like, just run. 
run with the deal. And so the lady applies the coupon. So we're probably talking, if you're somewhere between four and $6,000, we've already got 30% off. And Melissa's got like a 10% coupon. And she's not doing the math in her head. And I am. And I'm sitting there like, There's, just shut up. Just go. Like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> and, so, and you asked her, and she did it twice. Well, here's the thing. So then Melissa gives her this coupon that's supposed to be 10% off. And she doubled it. So, so she put the coupon in at the beginning, forgot she did it, and put it in at the end. So now we're at like 50% off. And Melissa's mom starts to say something. Finally, I tap her in the arm. I was like, shut up. <laughs> we got out of there with an entire bedroom worth of furniture. And it was something just, just uh, shy of six grand, I believe. It may have been seven, but I thought it was six. We got like a total of 60% off. Wow. And it, there was no special sale, no deal, and we had a 10% coupon that was expired. And it I was would just like, I shut would up. Imagine. It's not my fault that, that <laughs> no. she, was she was trained at this establishment, and right. she didn't get it right, and you guys even gave her the benefit of the doubt multiple times, and she still didn't get it right. That isn't my fault. No, I would imagine that your wife, Melissa, would not be real good in that situation. Oh. She'd be nervous and, like, all weird. She's not fucking shit and razor blades. <laughs> I, she's the worst. I, I, the, the best I can compare it to is I, I got pulled over on my motorcycle one time, and she was on the back, and we did not get pulled over for speeding or anything illegal. We simply got pulled over because it was bike night, and there's usually a lot of drunk drivers. Yep. And we got pulled over, and you would have thought I was smuggling cocaine. I mean, she was shaking and panicking so hard. I was like, Melissa, if you don't stop, they're either going to think I have something or that I'm forcing you to be here. <laughs> like, this is... It is, You're and I mean, captive. to the point where it's like, I'm pretty comfortable with cops, but she was so nervous that when he was walking up, I pulled my key out of my bike and held my arm out so that he could take my key so he didn't know I was going to take off. She was that shaky. It was starting to make me nervous. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, that, would... that's how she is. So she is terrible. And I mean, we get, we get out in the parking lot and, you know, she's, it, it's like the old saying, she's like a whore in church. <laughs> but yeah. she's, we've made it to the car and the deal is done. And she's still nervous. <laughs> and it's let it go. <laughs> like, like a SWAT team's going to dive yeah, in or something. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it was wearing a wire or whatever the hell, I've never seen anyone more nervous in my life. I mean, that was. I she would bet. I would bet. And her she mom is the type that can't let it go. So it's like, as Melissa's more nervous and we're walking out of the store, her mom's talking about it louder and louder. And it's just like, you stop. Go to the car. <laughs> let it go. Thank you. Have a nice well, day. Did Brian say anything? No. 
No, I, he was he was on my team when I was like, that's not our fault. No. It's like if she missed did the math and you didn't say anything, I understand it. But well, you brought it up once, and then somehow she charged us less. And Dude, then you 100%. brought up an expired coupon, and she fucked that up worse. So either she doesn't care, or they didn't train her very well. And by the way, all these places charge an arm and a leg for all this stuff, so we're not hurting their business. It's not like we're ripping off a mom-and-pop store. Well, so. yeah. I mean, like I said, I that's what I did with our little liquor store there in Manchester. And I mean, I know I know the guy, don't know his last name, but I've seen him a thousand times. And, you know, he's a local guy and he's older. And I just said, you know, Wayne, I don't think you charged me enough. He like scanned it again. It's like, okay, um, you know, I you had your chance. <laughs> yeah. And that they- was only $4. But, the other one, we, uh, Joe and I went to a Michigan football game. And it was, uh, you know, an early season game, nothing big, like Michigan versus Western Michigan or something. But we had good tickets uh, that you got us through the company. And, and uh, we, we had good seats and all that. And we decided, I think, like after the first quarter, we didn't want to be in the halftime rush. So we were going to go to the concession stand early. And, Everything there is overpriced. I mean, that's just right. how it is. But I mean, anyone in Michigan knows that, you know, the only place more expensive than Ann Arbor is Traverse City. I mean, like you, everything in Ann Arbor is that much more expensive just because you're in Ann Arbor. Um, and, and their concessions are the same. So I, I want to say we each got a hot dog and a pop. And it was 18 bucks. And Joe hands this young girl, and by young, a college student working concessions. So it's not like we took advantage of a 10-year-old at a concession stand. (laughs) Uh, This is a college student making money at concessions. And Joe handed her a 20 to, to pay for our food. And she like sits there and rings it up for a second. And I start to giggle. Cause and I look at Joe and I remember saying I think math isn't her strong suit. <laughs> like she's struggling over twenty bucks, man. And the, by the way, the change is two dollars. Two dollars, like, yeah. Come on, like, yeah. So, <laughs> she's ringing it up and it's not working right. And it's like I don't care if you can figure out the transaction after we're gone. Just give us the two dollars. And so she, you know, but we don't say anything. We're sitting there and now Joe's starting to grin a little bit because I'm giving him a little bit of shit. And she hands us back 18 bucks. And I looked him right in the eye and I go, fuck it. And we both just started laughing and walked away. It's like, (laughs) you charged us $18. We gave you a 20 and you gave us 18 back. (laughs) I'll pay two bucks for two Cokes and two hot dogs at a football game. (laughs) Oh, boy. But I mean, at that, like, that to me was more of the principle of the matter. If it was another girl or anyone. You know, another sweetheart out there that wasn't being an asshole. I probably would have said something. You're a student at the University of Michigan, and you fucked up change on $18 out of 20. Yeah. Sorry. I Sounding dangerous. 
That's yeah. sounding dangerous. I'm glad mommy and daddy are really good donors. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get here? That's the, how did you even make it here if you can't figure out that change? Well, like we talked, we've oh, got the draft. We've got the draft coming up. It starts Thursday. Yes. Um, first round's Thursday. Second and third rounds are Friday night, and the balance of the draft is Saturday. And by Saturday, I'm not watching it. I, you know, I will be watching Thursday and Friday because the Lions have five picks in those first three rounds. So I'll definitely be watching then. But we'll be able to react to that and to what happened. We'll have another movie to talk about, and uh, we'll I have some other I don't always story. watch it unless I'm in Manchester with you, but I. I may watch it this year just because they're so loaded with picks. I yeah. want to feel your emotion in the moment of what happens. <laughs> well, we'll have maybe, maybe uh, you, Alan, and I should get a group text going for the for the draft, so we can so I can just at least be sideline for. Uh, Oh yeah, for your guys's conversation, one so we can talk about it on here, but two, um, I, I believe at least it was my understanding that you said Alan is willing to be a guest on our podcast, and that this might be as relevant as anything for it, other than our motorcycle trip towards August. So, yeah, it might be a good, good time for him to stop in, even if it's for a short bit or whatever the case is. I don't know if you want to talk to him about that, but I, I feel will. like you guys, like if. If we're gonna have one episode where we we really geek out about the draft, I think that he should would be, be here. A, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, You're and right. I think he should be here. So I, I, you know, if I know that's kind of last minute, I know we're only you know a week away from our next episode, but but if it's doable, maybe we try and do that. Sounds good to me, bud. All right. Well, on that note, I'm I'm good with all of our topics. Um, how are you feeling? Is there anything else you want to talk about or bring up for next week or, or finish out today? No. Nope. Like I said, we'll have the draft to talk about. We'll try to get Alan on here, and we'll I'm sure we'll have another movie to talk about and some more tractor drama. Hell yeah! They all think right. They make tractors sexy. <laughs> Shirtless days ahead. <laughs> good. <laughs> Well, anyways, to all of our listeners out there, we greatly appreciate you guys. If you have any questions, comments, please share them with us. Uh, we try as re try to respond as quickly as we can. Um, it has been a little bit of silence for a while. Um, so we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have topics you'd like us to cover, please let us know anything like that. If you want more sports talk or less, let us know. But we do appreciate you guys on, on all of our platforms. Um, and obviously, you know, we we're grateful to have the listeners that we have, and we're hoping to continue to grow. So again, a big thank you to you guys out there, but on that note, be safe, be smart, make good choices and peace out. Love you, dad. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.